Why don't we give the worship team a hand? That was amazing worship. Why don't we give God a hand? God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity of just bringing ourselves under it, under its authority. We thank you that in this world, God, we have your word. We have wisdom. We have guidance. We thank you that it helps us make decisions, life-changing decisions. And God, we just throw our lives against it today and pray that your word would tell us, God, and it would divide that which is not of you and that which is of you. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, beautiful. So good to have you here. Who's full of life? Give me an amen. Who's full of expectancy? Who believes God can do all things? Amen. Yeah, I was with someone last night who was going for the roosters. I really don't like Melbourne, but I went for Melbourne just because I wanted to go against them. And uh, that's just, that's what boys do, right? It's competitive. And, uh, and the Roosters won. Who cares? Who, ca- who does care? Yeah, I go for St. George. No one cares. Let's not talk about football, AFL. Let's not talk about that. There's more things to God than football. I want to talk this morning about an amazing woman of God. Amen? I love this woman. I think she is incredible. We're going to talk about the Shunammite. Everyone say Shunammite. The Shunammite woman. She is a woman of God, and as you read her story, it's quite, it starts off very normal, very natural. But there's so much to learn about her faith. You see her faith progress, get tested, and you just see God work through this woman. Who likes a good woman of faith? And all the single men said? (laughs) They said, that's probably why you are single. (laughs) Got to be encouraging, full of life. Right. Someone remove that man. <laughs> 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. We've got your Bibles. Give me, a, give me a wave. Give me a rattle. Show me your iPhone. The Word of God. 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to start the story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw out, I believe that there's some great keys of faith from this woman. How she allows herself to be used by God, allows God to work in her life. And the first, my first point, we're going to read verse 8. I'm going to jump into that. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem. Shunem, where there was a notable woman. And she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. Very natural. Elisha is obviously the man of God. The Old Testament, the man of God, really quite often represented God's presence, God's power in our lives. So this natural lady 
It says that she was notable, so she was of some substance in the, in the city. And uh, she had a reputation. She was a good person by all accounts, notable. Probably not for the bad, but more for the good. And she uh, created a place. And the interesting thing, that word shunam means two resting places. Anyway, we'll discuss what that means later on. Two resting places. So she, in those days, they would have had a porch and she would have been sitting out there and, and just making tea, maybe for her husband, and, uh, and just entertaining. And the man of God would come past her house and everyone would know these men of God were men of God. They had miracles swirling around their lives. They had incredible things. Elijah, Elijah and Elisha were incredible miracles. You, you revered them. You respected them. You honored them. And if you teased on them or picked on them, uh, bears would come down from the hill and consume you, which literally happened. A bunch of young boys called what we call them bald, and bears came down and ate them. So anyway, these were men of God. You knew when they walked across the street and, and through the town, everyone would have gone, whoa, that's the prophet. So, you know, she's sitting there, she's relaxed, she's out the front having food, and she, she persuades him. She sees him walking past and thinks, I'd like to meet this guy. He's, um, he's incredible. Everyone knows about him. He's a prophet. And so she persuades him to eat some food. And, uh, and then, of course, what she does next is whenever he passes by, she would then persuade him and obviously have all the food out on the porch and maybe she knew when he was coming and found out a bit more about him and had have all the food ready and waiting. And, and he would, it says here, he would turn in there to eat some food. Now, we're talking about faith here, amen? This is a very natural person doing a very natural thing. But the first thing that I believe, if you want to see God move in your life in the area of faith, is you've got to pursue relationship with God. Amen? If you're in this place and you want to see God do something, you want to take your, your life out of the natural, if you want to see your life go to another level, and you're not pursuing God in relationship, you're missing the very first step. Amen? If you come here to church, which is amazing, this is great. But if you're not pursuing God in your own world, if you're not looking for Him and going after Him and, and thinking about how I can get into His Word and how I can spend some time in prayer and how I can connect with Him, this is what this lady did in the natural. She opened her life up. She pursued relationship. She pursued relationship with the man of God. She saw, she knew what he could do and, and who he was. And she thought, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite him. I'm going to connect with him. I'm going to persuade him to be a part of my world. Amen. See, God wants relationship with you. <laughs> He's desperate. But I believe if you really want to open your world up to, to faith in God, you need to actually have a natural desire to go after God. If you actually don't, maybe your natural desire is based on your parents telling you to love God or you grow up in a Christian house and, and that's what you do. You have to go to church. I did that for many, many years. And you know what? It didn't just, it kept me, kept the Word of God around me, but it didn't develop that intimacy and that relationship with God. Somewhere down the track at age 21, I suddenly went, I'm going to pursue God for myself. And everything changed. Amen. There's got to be an, an opportunity, a time where you pursue God, where you decide that you are going to take and, and, and you allow your life to go after God. Verse 9 says, 
And she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it would be it will be whenever he comes to us he can turn in there. So first thing she starts she sees God she recognizes God and as people in this world you recognize that God is someone you want to build a life with. The second thing she starts to do is she starts to create some room for him. Come on. She begins to take this relationship into the next level, the next step. She starts to tell the people around her that she wants to make room for God. Come on. You know, when you, when you have a relationship with God, you can keep it all very quiet and very closed down and no one knows anything around it. And, you know, if you, no one knows that you're a Christian, no one knows that you've built a relationship with God, you're going you're to be stunted if you're at that level. Amen? Your faith is stunted. Somewhere down the track, she turns to her husband and she says, you know what? We've got to make room in our house for this man of God. So she turned to the people around her and everyone around her knew that she suddenly believed he was a man of God, believed that he was God, he was God's representation for her. And she started to reorganize her world. She started to, to organize a place for the man of God in her life. Amen. You know, I, I believe if, if you're at that level where you haven't told everyone around you that you are you believe in God and you have a relationship with God, you're still at that first level of faith. Amen? It's gone quiet in here. Does everyone around you know that you're a Christian? Or do you just sort of, does it pop up on a Sunday and disappear on a Monday? Amen? She created a permanent place. And if we go into this, she le- we need to allow... If we want our faith to be serious in our life, we need to start with those things around our life. She literally began to make room for God. She literally went upstairs in her house. And, and back in the Middle Eastern times, they used to have a level on the top of their house because it gets hot there. And you used to go up and you used to sit on the top of your, yeah, that was like your lounging room. It would be out in the open evening, probably high enough to, to get away from some of the bugs. And you'd be up in the top there and you relax. And it was a, a beautiful spot. And she created this spot. She furnished it. She put all the bits and pieces into place so that the man of God would come. She created a space in her house for God. The next level in your life is you're going to start to create habits, opportunities for God to meet with you. Amen? If you're serious about God moving in your life, if you're serious about being used by God and seeing faith move, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you haven't created a relationship, room for your life for the Word of God, your faith isn't going to grow. Come on. If you haven't created a space where you can come and get into God's Word and to worship Him and spend time with Him, if you haven't created a habit in your life, if people around you don't know that you have this 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 thing about you, if it's like, hey, you know what, I can't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to read my Word. I'm going to go to youth. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to do this. This is who I am now. I'm a Christian. I've got a relationship with God. That's who I am. Hey, why don't you come out Sunday morning? No, that's when I go to church. I've made room for God in my life, and I come there. Why don't you go I've got life group. I've got youth on Friday nights. I've created room for God to move in my life. Amen? 
people begin to know and understand that that's who you are. When we pursue God in relationship, we make room for him in our lives and our faith grows. And one, one day that becomes a regular thing. Amen? It says when we allow that. So it says that she put up table and chairs and lamps. Those, so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. So it's regular. She's expecting it to be regular, always there. She's created a space. That man of God, God knows that there's something regular about you. You're going to turn up. You're going to go after God. You're going to pray. You're going to read his word. Amen? That's how you make room. How do you make room for him in your life? God wants to meet with us all the time, but do we give him room? Amen? Number two. Everyone say number two. Everyone say number two. <laughs> That's better. Being content while believing in God's word is what I'm talking about. Verse 11, it says, And it happened one day that he came there and turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to uh, Giza, even say Giza or Gizai, he called this Shudamite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. Gizai is the servant of the man of God. And he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. So I don't know how long this had been, that she'd been created this room. She'd looked after the Elisha, the man of God, and the servant. She'd been doing it for a while. He, it says he came in there, went straight up to the room and laid down. So obviously it had happened regularly. He knew what to do, walked in the house. Hey, how you guys doing? Went straight up to his room, unpacked his, I don't know, his gear, um, parked the camel out the front, and off he went. Relaxed, and he knew it was his space. She had regularly created this space for him. And she seemed happy to serve him. She was content to serve him. It was all good. But it was actually God. It was the representation of God. It was the man of God that inquires from the woman and says, what can I do for her? Which is great. You see, God is always actually looking at our lives for ways to help us, bless us, see our lives increase. Amen? That's who God is. When we go about our business, when we're doing what we're doing, God is actually inquiring. He's looking to find places and ways to increase our lives. And that's what he was doing. But you know, the thing about faith here is, this is what I love about this woman. Every time the man of God came in, she wasn't just begging him to give her this and that. She was actually quite content. I love faith. Faith, real faith, is actually content with what it what you have right now, but you're believing for what God can do. You believe in his word, amen? The word of God talks about contentment right through. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he says, I will never leave you nor, nor forsake you. See, a true faith in you is not, you're not, you're not tossed to and fro by the worries of life, but you actually are content. You believe that God can do things in your life. She wasn't going crazy. She wasn't hanging off him every time he walked in the door. She had contentment in it. And when he asked her and he said to her, they said, 
She said, I dwell among my own people. I'm content, but I believed. She believed he was the man of God, but she was still content. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34 says this, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is not your life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. You are not of more value than they. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to his statue? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor, nor spin. And yet I, I say to you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For, those have, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient the day is its own trouble. You see, the key here is, is, is not getting distracted by all the worries. She was content, yet God wanted to answer a need in her life. Amen. We get so caught up sometimes in the worry, the anxiety, the fear of things going on that we forget the relationship with God. Verse 14 says, back to the story, says, so he said, what then is to be done by, for her? Because she said, I'm okay. And Gazia answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So he said, the man of God called her. And when she had... When he had called her, she stood in the doorway, and then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, listen to this, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. Verse 17, but the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her. See, God wanted to bless her. The man of God wanted to bless her. And he, he knew, through the servant, he knew what the true desire of her life was. Amen? The, the normal thing would be, you know, the favor of the king, favor of the army, what have you. But right deep down inside of her was a hidden desire to have a son. And she obviously thought in the natural it was never going to happen but God knew exactly how to bless her and how to bring about that miracle on her life. Amen? That's the God we serve. Don't doubt how God works and moves in your life. When you build relationship and connection with God, He doesn't just give you. You can have all sorts of prayers. God, I want a priority. God, I want this. I want this. I want that. But God actually knows the true desires of your heart and the things that are really going to fulfill your life. Amen? That's who God is. And I love her, her response. What about her response? So he called her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. 
You know, what she was really saying, if you look at it and you understand that, that the Hebrew behind it, she was not saying, don't, don't lie to me. She was actually saying, what you're saying to be is, is, is backed by God. It literally is saying, you are saying, is, what you're saying is backed by God and it will carry me all the way through. She's actually saying, that is backed by God. You're a man of God. I know your word is true. You're releasing this word and I know it'll go all the way and fulfill itself and it'll be turned into reality because I know that you're a man of God and I know God doesn't lie. That's what she's saying. It was not like a no. It was like a, oh my goodness. You've, you've, you've just, the word of God has just been spoken over my life. I know it's going to come to pass. Amen. It was like she had a respect. Do you know when it comes to our faith, let me ask you this question. Where's your faith? Is it in the result? Or is it, is it in the word, the promise? Come on. Where's your faith? See, we live in a world where we, we want things now. True? But when it comes to God, your faith has got to be in the Word, not in the result. I, I can tell you, when I've believed for things to happen in my life, nine times out of ten, they have not happened the way I thought it would happen and by, by the means I thought it would happen and in the, in the timing that I thought it would happen. Anyone else been in that case? I've seen answered prayer all over my life, but I, I, I've, time and time again I've gone, well, this, this has to be, this, this is how the result will happen. It, this chair is going to produce this. This chair is going to produce that. And I know it, God, I know you're going to use that. You're going to use that. You're going to change my life through that. And it's like God's like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I believe it. And then it, 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 you get all upset because that chair doesn't do what it's supposed to do and not in the timing that it's supposed to happen. And you're just thinking, no, no, no. And your, res your faith is in the result, not in God. Amen? This woman was actually saying, hey, you've released this word. I know what's going to happen. She's like, no, no. This is going to happen. I know it's going to come to pass. You are a man of God. Whenever you speak, miracles happen. Amen? We've got to have that relationship with God and His Word. Amen? I, I believe we, we actually short-circuit things that could happen in our life because we put all our faith in the result, not in God. And we get disappointed when it doesn't happen the way we think it's going to happen. By the time we're going to happen, God, you're going to move. You're going to change circumstances. Here, 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 here. And we get all upset because God doesn't do it the way he says, well, the way we think he should do it. God's sovereign, friends. Amen? He does things his way. I love that. Like, God, when, when we believe in God's word, more than the result, God can open doors in our lives that we have closed in the natural. Because of timing, because of disappointment, because it hasn't happened the way we should, we think it should happen. We need to embrace the Word of God. We need to embrace His promises more than our circumstances. Amen? That's why she was called. And she's actually listed as a great woman of faith. Because she just believed the man of God. She believed the word of God over everything. We need to focus on God if we want miracles in our life. Amen.
How many people in here truly believe that God can provide things in your life right now? Well, focus on that. Hold on to that. You know, don't just look around and go, oh, it's not happening, it's not happening, why this is going on, that's it going on, my work's not getting the promotion, someone else got it, someone else got this, someone else got that, da 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 You've actually got to put your faith in God, not just in the result. And God knew the hidden desires, I love that. And here comes the big test. Next phase of faith is knowing that our faith will be tested. Amen? Amen? Verse 18, and the child grew. Now it happened one day that they went out, he went out to his father, to the reapers that were harvesting. And he said to his father, my, my head, my head, this is the young boy. He's now maybe 12, maybe 13. This is the miracle child. So he said to the servant, carry him to his mother. Typical dad. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, and he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him, went out, and she came to her husband, and she said, <coughs> please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So here's a mum, beautiful mum, has the, I don't know, we estimate the boy was between 10 and 13, because around 14 they become a man, so he's still a boy, okay? So he's young enough. She has this thing, and we don't know what happened to him, but she nurses him in the natural, looks after him, does everything for him in the natural, cuddles him, looks after him. I have a boy around at this age, so this would destroy any parent, right? And then the natural, and then he passes away in her arms. But what's the first thing she does? She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him, went out, and she called her husband and said, please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God. You see, your faith will be tested, but where will you run? Amen? When you, when you love God, when you, when you walk his ways, <laughs> God doesn't promise that you won't have hardship and trials, but he promises that he'll always be there for you. Amen? That's one of the big misconceptions out there that your Christian life will just spiral and you, you'll be nothing, you'll ha never have a test. Your Christian life can spiral upwards, absolutely, but it will on that journey, you'll have tests of your faith. Amen? There'll come times where you'll have a choice to either run away from God or run to God. She straight away ran to the source that she knew the source of her blessing, the source of her miracles, the source of her life. She ran straight to the man of God. She took off. And I love verse 23. It says, so he said, that this, is the, this is the dad, the husband. So he said, why are you going to him today? It's neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. Oh, the husband. What an idiot. <laughs> you know what? His faith is still in religion. 
He's thinking God's to do with festivals and moons and, and church buildings. But she knows that faith is in relationship. And she has to get to the man of God. Amen? And the difference is he's like, well, it's, it's the new moon when we do this, when we do that. But she's like, no, 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 no. I've got to get to him. He's the source. He's the one. He has the re- I've got relationship with him. He's the one that spoke the word. I need to go to him. And that's what we, our faith gets tested. But when we get our faith tested, we've got to run to God. Amen? Sometimes you don't know you have a relationship with God until your faith is tested. Apostle Paul said, that tests and trials are the testing of our faith. Amen. The trials you go through and the tests you go through, they tell you whether or not. I've seen people just turn away from God with disappointment. Things didn't go the way they thought. Things happen and they walk away from God. Your faith will be tested. but God is true to it. Verse 24, Then she saddled a donkey and she said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Do not... Uh, slacken the pace for, for me unless I tell you. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to his servant, because look, the Shunammite woman, please run now to meet her and say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered, it is well. Now when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. And she came, and, and, sorry, Gazelle came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gazelle, get yourself ready and take my staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So she arose and followed him. You know, there was a lot of opportunity for this woman to put her faith in other things, but she didn't. She put her faith in the man of God. Amen. She stuck to what she knew. She stuck to the relationship. She stuck to faith in God. And there's going to be opportunities to put our faith in so many other areas. But we, she, we've got to believe that God's word is true over our lives. Amen. She stuck with it. I love the tenacity. She didn't. She wasn't going to leave God. She was going to hang on to Him. She was clinging to Him. And there are times when we go through dark times where simply we don't understand everything's going on, but we need to cling to God. Amen? We need to cling to God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Amen? Interesting, gave a staff for her to hold on to, amen. But your rod and your staff comfort me. Sometimes we just get to a place and we don't know, we don't have all the answers, but we've got to cling to God. Verse 31. Because there went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child, but that there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore he went back to meet him and told him, saying, The child has not awakened. And Elisha came into the house. There was the child lying dead on his bed. He went and therefore shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child and put his 
mouth on his mouth and his eyes and his eyes and his hands and his hands. And he stretched himself out on the child and the flesh of the child became warm. So he returned and walked back and forth in the house and again and went up and stretched himself out on him. Then the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes and he called and said, call the Shunammite woman. So he called her and when she came into him, he said, pick up your son. So she went in foul at his feet bowed to the ground, then she picked up the sun and went out. Beautiful story. Amen? There was a fight for faith there, right? It didn't just happen. There was a fight of faith. There was a lot of obstacles. But you know what? I love the, the woman's response. The man of God said, come in and pick up your woman, um, pick up your child. Uh, but as soon as, the, as soon as the woman walked in the room, what's the first thing she did? She went straight to the man of God and thanked him. Amen? Because when you've got relationship with God, when you know he's the source of all your answered prayer, when you know he's the source of everything you're believing for, you, you are grateful to God more than anything else. The result was right next door, but the answer was God. So who was she more? She had her faith in the, an in, in, in the answer, not the result. Amen? She hugged him. She fell to his feet. She said, thank you, man of God. And then she would have turned around, looked at the result of her son standing there, and she would have been in tears, and it would have been rapturous. But the reality is, you can tell from that one, that one moment of answered prayer where her faith was. Where's your faith? Is it in God? Or if you don't get your answered prayer, you know, forget God. I'm not going to pray anymore. It didn't happen the way I thought it did. It's not happening. It's not happening for me. I'm not getting the results. I'm going to try something else. She knew exactly where her faith was from. Amen? God's the, the answer to everything. Amen? He's the way maker, miracle worker. Amen? Do you believe it? I mean, we sing that. I, when, when, you, when you start, I don't know, when your spirit starts to sing something like that and it stirs itself up, <sighs> if you believe that over your life, you've got an expectancy over your life. Amen? If you actually believe that, then anything can happen over your life. If you don't believe that, if you just if if your life, if your relationship with God and your connection with God is is connected to the results of God in your life, then it's going to be up and down. Amen. When it's going bad, it's like oh God, or maybe that's the time you come running to God. And when it's going good, you go put God back on the shelf. Oh well, I don't need God now. Then oh God, I need you. Oh God, I don't need you now. Oh, Amen. He's the source. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 5, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's what God wants to do. Maybe the band could come up. I want to jump ahead right now with the last story. We're going to jump ahead to 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 1 to 6. And I love this. I love this. Because we, we pick up again the same woman, but this is years later. Then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, 
and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can. For the Lord has called <clears throat> for a famine. And furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God. And she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. You know, when you've got true faith in God, you've got obedience to God. Amen. How many of you, if God told you to do this and this, your faith is strong enough to actually do it? Come on. She had faith. The man of God said, I mean, the famine hadn't happened. And the, the man of God said, I want you to take your family, go there. And for seven years, it's going to be a famine. And she said, okay. Packed up her household by faith and went where God told her to go. Amen. The man of God told her to go. See, when your faith is at that level, God can direct you. God can use you. God can do anything in your life. Amen. Obedience to God is not something we have to do. It's something we want to do. Because it, it's, 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 a, it's a testimony of our faith and relationship. Verse 3. And it came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines. Dead on seven years. As the man of God says, she comes back. And she went to make an appeal to the king. So she left everything. She left her house. She abandoned it. She gave up everything. To make an appeal to the king for her house and for her land. Then the king talked to Gazette, the servant, and the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, please, all the great things Elisha has done. So you've got the woman of God going in to see the king. In the next room, you've got the man of God and the servant talking to the king. Now it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life. The servant starts to tell stories to the king. Then there was the woman. All oh, seven years had passed. All the time had been organized. At the right moment, there was the king asking the servant, what's Elijah been up to? Well, tell me some of the miracles. And at that very moment, the little woman comes into the chamber and the king's there and she stands right there. And the servant's like, Oh, you've got to hear this story. He, he raised this child from, from the dead. It was amazing. And he goes, well, hold on. That's the lady right there. This is literally what happens. Now it happened, verse 5, as he was telling the king how he restored the dead to life, that there was the woman whose son he had restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And the servant said, my Lord, O King, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of the field from that day that she left the land until now. Every bit of favor and blessing. Amen. It's better to obey than to sacrifice. When your life gets into a place where you can trust and believe God's Word over other things, anything can happen. God will set up miracles around your life. You'll come in to plead for something, and God would have already been there and set up the circumstances. Amen? That's the heart of God. Amen? He is our way maker. Come on, why don't we stand?
He is our miracle worker. I just want to finish in this last moments. Where's your faith right now? Who has a situation right now? A situation that's causing you anxiety or worry or distress. Come on, lift your hands to God. If that's you, lift your hands to God. If you've got something in your life that's just, maybe it's in the natural, it doesn't look possible. Maybe kids aren't with God right now. Maybe finances aren't where they should be right now. Maybe there's situations in your life right now where you just need God to step in. I want you to raise both your hands to God. Come on. He's the source. He's the source. Spirit of God. Come on, Tash, just for a moment. Just sing. Just sing that bridge, Waymaker. Come on, lift your hands to God. And I want you to declare those things to God right now. Take them to the source right now. I just feel on the Holy Spirit today just to pray. To pray for prodigals, sons and daughters, husbands, wives that don't know Christ. Come on. If you've got someone in your world, in your world that doesn't know Jesus and you're desperate for them to know, come on, lift your hands to God. Come on, lift them up. Lift them up by faith. God, we speak. We speak, Father God. We speak life into their souls. We claim them for the kingdom of God. We claim, Father God, that the enemy's hold would be released over them, Father God. God, that the scales would fall from their eyes, that they'd see their need of you, God. God, we come against the enemy's plans, God, to distract them, to hold them away from you, God. God, we speak Right now, we claim their souls. We speak life, Father God. We speak salvation 
over their lives. We speak salvation. We tell you, enemy, release them. Let them go. Right now, we demand. We demand their souls into the kingdom of God. We demand their lives, God, be given up to the kingdom. God, I speak out for all the righteous, those that have prevailed for much, that God says that your prayers don't go unanswered, but they will be answered. That the prayers of the righteous avail for much, the Word of God says. Every prayer, every every prayer, every declaration. God, let it result, Father God, in salvation. We believe you can. You can. You are able to bring them back into your house or to, to allow them to come to know you for the first time. In Jesus' name, we speak salvation. We claim it. Every eye closed. Last thing I want.